0: Hi, I'm Rebecca Gallardo, the host of Alone in a Room with Invisible People. I'm here today with author and teacher Holly Lyle, and today's topic, how to write story beginnings. Uh, we kind of figured we could do a three-parter for you guys. Uh, so this is going to be how to do story beginnings, then we're going to do middles, and then we're going to do ends. And Holly and I thought that this was a pretty fun topic. so. Yes. Uh, yeah, we just cut it into three parts because I could just imagine us trying to do all three in (laughs) in one.
1: That's not (laughs) happening. Yeah.
0: Before we get into the topic, just like every week, we're going to talk about what we did this week. I think we're both kind of excited.
1: So Holly, you go ahead. Okay. Um, I had a really good week and after last week, which was a really bad week, having a really good week was great. Um, in on dead man's party which is the story that i'm writing for the how to write a novel class and which i am videoing one hour of roughly a week Uh, i got my 1250 words that is down from the 1550 because my chapters were running so long that i was going to be too long on the book so i have had (laughs) seriously so i have had to cut my chapter lengths down to 1250 words per chapter so after i got my dead man's party 1250 words Um, I had my Marketing Tuesday. Woot, Marketing Tuesday. I am still fixing all the broken pages on my personal website. Big friggin' sneeze, yawn, blinding headache there. But, you know, that's one day. So, really boring Marketing Tuesday. Wishbone on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. I came in with a total of 6,161 words for the week. So, that's uh,
0: over your word count. It is.
1: Oh, my God, yes. Because it would have been 6,000 words even. But I came in a little over, and oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, I'm so excited about it. It is, oh, things, twists. I have just twists keep popping in and, and taking the story and pulling it and moving it towards this thing that I know is coming. But they're doing it in such vicious, mean ways and it's awesome. It is just awesome. Okay, And then, um, lesson 32, I am a part of the way through that in How to Write a Novel This Week, um, was what happens when your novel runs long. Um, And this is, do you turn it into a really big book, or do you turn it into a series? And I am walking people through the process of determining which of the two you do for any given book, because doing the wrong thing will wreck the story.
0: Yeah, I can see see it's being very dependent on the material mm -hmm. as to whether or not you turn it into a really big book or a series. Oh, yeah. Because you would just have to have a lot of different things in there yes for it to yes. be a series
1: for it's it's a big big difference between what can be a big book what can be a series and what cannot be a series and you have to know what cannot be a series to see if that's what you're writing yeah. and uh, along with that personal preference because some people just love really big books and and then the marketing considerations so we're gonna it's this lesson covers all of that well, that's a that's a deep, thick lesson. Yeah, it's a good lesson. I'm really pretty <laughs> pleased with the way this one's coming together. Your turn. <laughs>
0: okay. Well, um, yeah, you had a very, very good week. I had a good week, which after the last week and and even kind of the week before, you know, it it was it it felt like a fantastic week. <laughs> good. Um, and if anybody hears the purring, I'm sorry. It's the uh, so um, I got. It's I don't believe in writer's block. I really don't. Um, obviously, there are some instances where it happens uh, when there's a lot of trauma, something like that. You know, that there is a genuine block there sometimes. Uh, you with the with the Prozac, mm-hmm. and and I'm not saying it's just Prozac. It's it's anybody's personal chemistry with any particular kind of uh, drug. Oh yeah,
1: there are a lot of different medications and just prescription yeah. medications that can really screw things up.
0: Yeah, pers- well, prescribed medication, um, you know, not-so-legal drugs, <laughs> the- there are e- even even booze, yeah. you know, there are, there are particular things that a lot of, uh, just that affects your chemistry different. And as you get older, your chemistry changes, and what, what used to work may not work anymore. It so, gets a lot <laughs> finickier. I've noticed that, too, like, yeah. and I am not actually that much older, but I cannot drink alcohol. I had I had I can have maybe half a half of a small glass of wine every now and then. It has to be red because I can't stand white. Um and and I still feel sick like if I have a little bit too much. And yeah. I've never been like that. I used to love to drink and and now and I feel like that's a good thing.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, you come from a long line of dedicated alcoholics. Alcoholics. On both yeah, sides like sides of serious. the family. Yep. I mean, yeah. good God, like, I had my family members killed themselves off at the age of 50 with booze. So, yeah. And yeah. your
0: father was an alcoholic, and you have oh, yeah. other alcoholics in yours, and, and my father was an alcoholic. And mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know how many people in my family were alcoholics because we were southern and you just didn't <laughs> talk about that sort of thing. Yes. You know, that's a bless his heart, you know. And it, and it. Oh, yeah. But um, anyway, the point is while I don't believe in a mental, mental, writer's block, um, there are certain things that your, your brain can be affected by, including, uh, like mental disabilities or, or, um, mental healthness or mental healthness, mental wellness, (laughs) you know, mental health issues. And I, I've been struggling through depression, but this time I, you know, I, I showed up to work every day. I showed up to the easel every day, um, or the sketchbook and I... I told myself, I wasn't trying to force it, but I was trying to just put anything on the page in both instances. It didn't matter what it was. If I just did a certain amount of time and got things done, I also specifically started cleaning up little things or trying to declutter things that were massive and and felt overwhelming and just put like, I'm just going to do 10 minutes of this, all of those things together helped me feel more productive and helped me put myself in front of the computer in front of the blank page more often in front of the easel more often and even if it was just an extra 20 or 30 minutes even if i sat down and i said i'm only going to do 10 minutes and then i ended up doing another two two you know when you're in when you're in depressive states Anything like that that helps you feel like you are progressing that you are making some sort of effort and that you are Able to still contribute to your own life or to your family or to whatever, you know makes a huge difference and so does that fly lady thing where um, Imperfect I, I don't remember what it was but her thing is about cleaning So imperfect cleaning still blesses your family and that's absolutely true if the floor looks like shit and you, you know, like in, in the entire house, and you sweep and mop the the kitchen. That still helps. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes, so I
1: do.
0: I, I always think of it like you know, imperfect. Like I don't have to finish this. I don't have to finish that. I'm just working through things. And even just a few minutes extra every day was working. So I got my sweet spot map done. Um, and of course there is no getting it done. No, you know, no. Always, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you can always go back and you can always add more yeah. and the sweet spot map um, for any of you who don't know, that's in her how to think sideways part um, how to think sideways course and her how to write a series course. It might be in other places too. So I got that done. I got the story core done. I got um a lot of the research that I have been doing. I realized that it's kind of scattered so what i want to do is i want to focus on we're going to do an octopus map at the end of today um just just you and me okay i know you said get that done and then we'll talk about it but i got everything else done and i need your help with the octopus map.
1: okay no problem
0: (laughs) so yeah um and for for this i'm really really excited i got some basic ideas done I am going to be sharing this with everybody as I work on it because next week I am starting How to Write a Novel and I am going to be taking this course, going to be trying to keep up with it week by week and writing this book and sharing it with everybody. <laughs> and um, I'm, I'm very, very excited about it because it's, it is a way that I'm hoping to turn my world building for Fulton Hills into stories and into a sellable product. Yeah, I definitely, I want to turn the world building, for me, into stories for everybody else, but not bore them to death. Right. Uh, If you read Max Brooks's zombie uh, World War Z, uh, this was before the movie came out. This was, like, I was 26 or something, good lord, like almost 10 years ago when I got the book. And I read it and it felt like world building to me mm-hmm. because there was a lot of interviews with people. There were a lot of descriptions. It was about this journalist who, you know, at least I think it was a journalist who was going from place to place during the zombie apocalypse, <laughs> during the breakout more or less. Okay. And interviewing and writing stories. And, and it was brilliant, but it felt like... It felt like at the time he was doing that, he was like, I'm going to do this world building. Holy shit, this is kind of cool. I'm going to sell it. You know, it felt
1: brilliant. We're going to digress just a little bit here. Um, I have been getting, again, a number of comments um, on my site and also a number of private emails um, saying, well, you know, you keep saying you can do this, but um, I never went to college and (laughs) i really need to stop here and say when i say you can do this i say this from the perspective of someone who could not afford college i do not have a college education when i was starting to write fiction i had a two-year associate degree in nursing uh, from a local college that was a a tech college when i went there and became a community college about the week before i graduated so that i could do little air quotes on yeah i went to community <laughs> college but in fact I didn't i went to a tech college for a two-year degree in nursing and the only class we had was remedial English, which all of the nurses were forced to take because the majority of them couldn't spell or punctuate for shit. And um, I was not one of them, and the, the teacher of that particular class told me that I really didn't need to be in that class, which I already knew, thank you. But um, <laughs> it was, there, I taught myself how to write fiction and I did it by writing a lot of fiction by reading what was available at the time there was no internet so there was writer's digest and there were books on fiction and there were books of fiction and I read and dissected things and took them apart I think you went to
0: one or two you you dealt with actually one or two authors uh,
1: I had uh, briefly Stephen uh, Leigh L-E-I-G-H was a science fiction writer and I took a writer's digest class um, and it was on short stories and he you know he liked my writing and he said I wrote very well but uh, I got the same thing from him that I later got from um, Charles Ryan which was much 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 too much exposition thank you very much (laughs) followed by learning what exposition was Um, so so it was basically the equivalent of reading like one really well written
0: book on writing
1: yeah well yeah it was it was taking a short a short uh email not not email um physical mail class where i sent a manuscript to him and he sent his notes back to me nicely typed up back in the days before computers were really much of a thing and um, then I went and stayed for two weeks with Mercedes Lackey. She invited me out and, um, basically from her, I watched how she dealt with her work, which was, she did her 10 pages a day before she came out and hung out after getting home from work. She was still working at an airline at that time and wow. had just sold like her first three or four books. Uh, she'd sold the magic's promise and price and, uh, so you the, knew Mercedes Lackey before she was. before she was yeah mercedes lackey she was yeah she was so cool yeah um she was she was already selling you know she was but she was not selling enough to make a living at it just yet so she was still working at the airline and um she and from her i learned how to run a professional career don't don't treat your fans like shit um, answer your your mails and your emails as quickly as you can when you can. Um, don't be a dick to your publisher. Don't be a dick to your editor. Get your work done on time. Hit your deadlines. Um, basically, don't be an asshole. Yeah. And you know she was she was really cool. She was very neat
0: about that. So. Um, but other than that, <clears throat> that's that's all the kind of extra stuff you had for for teaching yourself how to write.
1: Yeah. Oh, and she let me read a couple of her print her her. Typed out manuscripts. So I saw, and this was massively important, which is why I include uh, actual full manuscripts of my first drafts in some of my work, is I saw what a first draft of a novel looked like. You know, how it was laid out, typed, double-spaced, with, you know, a a half-inch indents. How it felt how it was, it was a physical object that had an enormous amount of meaning to me because I saw that it was not perfect in first draft. There were errors and things in there that you had to fix later, but this was what the job looks like. And when you have produced this thing, it doesn't look like a book. And there was this conceptual click in my head that made me understand then that this was something completely doable. I am so blessed, right,
0: like, because I never had to have that moment, but at the same time, I'm realizing, like, these different things, like, when you finished Glen Raven, you gave it to me in this big, thick, printed out, that's what I got, Mm -hmm. you know, and I don't remember if, if what you gave me um it was when we were living in the trailer in in Hidden Village yeah um
1: oh the flea place yeah yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> flea place that was bad oh god um, that was an awful place it was a rental it was a nightmare
0: <laughs> yeah yeah the 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 i remember feeling this kind of magical feeling of this is a manuscript like i i never had because I've seen you doing it all my life, pretty much. You know, mm-hmm. when you start making sense of things, you're about five, six, seven. When you start paying attention to the world around you and things like that. Um, especially if, like, I was reading at 6, so I was making more cognitive leaps, I guess. And I remember seeing you printing off the manuscripts. You know, seeing you do certain things with pages. Seeing... The and and give you giving me Glen Raven when I was eleven, it was so cool. I got to sit there and I was reading it, and I freaking loved it. And I was reading it when I should have been in bed, you know. And like how 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 freaking cool is that? Like us bookworms, we always get in trouble with the with the light and reading a book <laughs> under the pages, you know. Because I, I I got in trouble with Harriet's uh, the spy. When I, when we were living in Todd Circle, um, for staying up and reading, and you were never that mean about it because I think you understood. Oh, you I know? understood,
1: <laughs> of course.
0: <laughs> but to be doing that with your mom's writing, like <laughs> that's <is>, that's just <laughs> yeah. so cool. But I grew up with the concept of that being a book, right. so I never I never had that moment. But I did I did always feel the magic. Of of having that finished manuscript and reading it, it was it was just so cool.
1: Yeah, and so that's, I get that. It, for me, you know, that was that was the thing that made it physically, tangibly approachable. That and having seen that first manuscript uh, that my fellow nursing students had done with her friend, yeah. um, which you know was not good. But it was done. So anyway, but that's, that is off topic. The college thing is a complete non-starter. There is abs- If you want to write fiction, do not get yourself $60,000 or more into debt um, with a university that is not going to teach you how to write fiction um, as a job. That's not, it's not what they do. If you want to do it, you just start doing it. You start writing your fiction. You start sending it out. You start going through, or you start taking it, putting it in front of beta readers. You start going to writer's group meetings. You start talking through this shit and figuring out what kind of fiction you love and why it matters to you. You take such classes as you can afford. Um, And I will say that I, I... Really, I have been told over and over again, I have to raise my prices and I keep my prices that what they are because I was a broke writer and I know what it's like to try to find good information on writing and, uh, and then to have it be these insane prices that colleges charge to not teach you what you need to know. Screw that.
0: Yeah. Even two, two things here. Okay, just, just from my perspective and for what I'm saying, I have seen a couple other courses out there from writers, and I will look into them. Like these master classes. Look at the reviews from people who are taking these courses before you actually do them because the reviews are from people who, who, who did pay the money. Because I can sit here and talk about how amazing my mom's courses are left and right all day but you guys know i'm her daughter so i get the daughter price which is usually free (laughs) i will i will spend my money to buy certain things and send them to friends which i have several times um but i do get them for free and she's also my mom so you guys there's a certain amount of yeah but you know i don't know how how awesome you know it, it really is because that's her daughter so look at the reviews for everything because i can tell you i've seen more people disappointed with those master classes that they are advertising the people like i actually wanted to take it because of the rl stein bit you know rl stein is doing part of a master class but if you look at the reviews you get all (laughs) that that's what i'm saying it's like it's it's supposedly it's overpriced for a couple of like for maybe an hour or so of information where versus you have larger price tags but you do also do monthly payments, mm-hmm. and there is so much more information in there that you really should raise your prices. But I understand that you're
1: not going to specifically no. because of that reason, right. and, and I, I respect that. Because I have um, to, I, have to <laughs> I know who I was, and I knew what it take for, took for me to get where I am. And yeah. I don't want to be the person who puts myself out of the reach of people like me. <laughs> so so that's just one thing is, is like, look at the reviews for these things.
0: Talk to people who have taken the classes. Because believe me, 99% of them are going to want to talk about what they just spent money on, you know. And I'm not saying like, oh, they're going to give you all of the the lowdown, the Cliffs Notes, so you don't have to take it. I'm just saying that they will be honest because they put their money into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and two, uh, one of my friends is going through college. I'm not going to say which one, but it, a lot of it was literary, um, the focus, a lot of it was... W- and it, And this is recent. So taking the literary route through college, they have you learn particular things about different styles. They have you write in different styles. But everything that is taught is technically or is technical and when they talk about things it's like you should be doing this you should be doing that this is what good writing is this is and it makes you doubt your own voice it makes you doubt your own style it makes you doubt the genres that you want to write in it makes you doubt your passion
1: is is starting to dissolve if you want to write in a genre (laughs) <laughs> Let yeah. me just yeah. say, if you want to write in something that is actually defined as a genre, do not expect colleges to be at all supportive.
0: Yeah, because they are all about the literary fiction. They're all mm-hmm. about, I mean, and yeah, Catcher in the Rye was a good book. But, I hated it. <laughs> oh, see, I, I didn't. But there are a lot of books that are good books that they go over at Tale of Two Cities. Um,
1: I but, love that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. they're they're. Now, I don't know if those were the ones that I saw, but those are the ones that I've been told from other people. But there is a lot of passion sucking that comes from from the the colleges and from the teachers and everything. So a lot of people have come to to hear certain things that Holly says or read certain things from the blog and say, thank you, because this is, I really needed to hear that, or I I get a lot of college
1: students who are in post-college recovery in my classes. Yeah. Where they lost their dream and got funneled into something that they didn't want to do because they went to college to write fiction. And that breaks my heart.
0: Yeah. Well, that's awful because you're going somewhere expecting to learn how to do this thing that you really, really want to do. Mm -hmm. And all they do is crush your spirit. And that is pretty much public school... You know, in in general, it, yeah. it, it's 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 just there are certain things you need a college degree for. Being a doctor, you know, I would not want to go to a doctor that didn't have a college degree, right? So, no, yeah.
1: There there are there are things that require a certain yeah, kind like, of, and yeah. there's nothing
0: wrong with technical school either. You went to technical school to be a nurse. Yeah. I know tons of my family has on both or uh, on this side, uh, Tony's side. Mm-hmm. Tony went to school. A technical school for emt and firefighter so we're not shitting on schools at all no but yeah so if, if you do have any more questions because we do kind of have to get to the to the actual point of the episode right now <laughs> yes. um if you do have any more questions please let us know you know we can we'll have a, a topic in there in our podcast forum specifically for questions about the college thing and if we get enough interest maybe we can do an episode on the topic mm-hmm. um because I know this is something that Holly has been passionate about and answering questions about for years. Yeah. So she yeah, didn't go and to college either and, and look at, at what she has been able to do.
1: Right. Right. You know, um, I, I had a, a 17 year commercial professional writing career with big name publishers, you know, big name, New York publishers was, have been translated into a bunch of languages. Um, my favorites are, I was my, my, a matron series was translated into russian and i have the copies in russian and i I love that um it's you when i say you can do this let me just get back to that when i say you can do this if you are willing to throw yourself into it if you are willing to do the work if you are willing to really dig and do what it takes to do it and not compromise you honest to god can do this becky is currently going the commercial publishing route with part of her work because she promised her husband that she would her work is commercially publishable I have read it he has read it we are both we we do this yeah (laughs) and the story that she has out there right now is a good novel I think it's probably too good for the place that she's got it um, because it is, it has unique personal elements in it that make it stand out rather than being just another piece of crap to, to, to be hammered down. And with that, how is that going?
0: Well, yeah, and I just wanted to say, too, like not everybody who writes for Silhouette or Harlequin or any of these, well, Silhouette's gone now. I think Harlequin bought them out. But, any, and you know, we're not saying that all of that's crap. <laughs> there are some really fantastic writers out there. Yes, there but, are. And they are opening up different – different lines to try to to attract different kinds of of writers, and they're getting really progressive, which is great, but The thing is I I am using this as an experiment now to Show people because I am not I don't want to go the the traditional route Okay, the the quote traditional route because what has become the traditional route of going through commercial publication I I grew up seeing you struggle through it um the last few years everything has gone indie because when i was 23 or 24 tony saw this passion in me um, and to him success and to most people back then you know we're talking 2005 2006 most success was traditional publication mm-hmm. time has grown <laughs> like time has passed i have grown the indie route has grown people are making big money doing independent fiction my husband is very much, he was born 80 years old. <laughs> <laughs> he, he is the kind of person that I have no doubt would cut off his nose despite his face. And he, for sure, you know, it's good intentions. But his thing was, um, you promised me that you would do this. So this is what you need to do you know, and it's not bossy about it. It's, he, if I, if I broke the promise, we would still be married. <laughs> but, but it's, it's the point of, you know, you made a promise to me and it would mean a lot if you kept it. So that is why this is still going on. However, this gives me a unique opportunity to show people what it takes um, out of you. <laughs> right. To go the traditional route with a company that specifically has to have a high turnaround for novels mm-hmm. because that's how they make their money and and they know their readers are, you know, whales as you would call them. Right. So Harlequin readers are the kind that go through books, you know, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten a week. You know, that they, they are the kind that 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 right. get all of the books and read through all of the books and are like, okay, well, what's next? So. That company should have a fast turnover when it comes to book after book after book after publication, publication. Okay, well, let's move this quick. You know, mm-hmm. how many books can we get from you as an author? And this is what I'm, I'm going through. I'm hoping at this point that they actually do want to publish it because I want to be able to show other writers how long that takes. Mm-hmm. So so far if i hadn't gone through the depressive states i probably could have had another two or three books written right because it has been how many i wrote it down eight months one week and two days and i still haven't heard back and i have sent them messages three messages asking at different intervals the times when you know you're you're supposed to ask and then after that when am I going to hear back? You know, like, and it, it was a professional question. It was a professional query, very respectful. Right. And the last one that I sent, the reply came back, well, your book is with the, with the editing team or, or whatever it is that, mm-hmm. that they call them, editorial team, and um, I'm going to go ahead and, and send this message to them. It, it was something kind of like, okay, well, she obviously saw that I had sent two other messages, so let's just kick it up a notch in the wording, mm-hmm. um, and that was three or four weeks ago. Yeah, and with with the you should hear from them soon. Right. Tagline in there, so yeah. Um, just to wrap this up because I know we're really really excited about the the actual <laughs> content. Um, I am going to only go the the traditional route with these books, um, and if, if they if they buy it if they want to more. I will uh, revise the second one that is already written and I will write and revise the third one, which I already have a great idea for and passionate about that particular romance. I and don't... having
1: read the first one, I would really like to read the whole series. Yeah, well, I know you're <laughs>
0: interested in Brock
1: and Angie. So. I am. So the final thing I want to say on, on just commercial publishing versus indie publishing is it is a difference of perspective and it's important to keep this in mind when you are considering what you genuinely want. There is a perspective that you need when you are looking at commercial versus indie publishing. When you are looking at commercial publishing, the author is a product, and your creations are simply a portion of the product that is you which makes you something that is a profit and loss statement on somebody else's accounting sheet and makes you disposable. If you are an author, an indie author, you are then an author as a business. You are not an, you are not a line on on the accounting sheet. You are the accounting sheet and every single one of your books is a product and it is up to you to figure out which of these sell and which of these don't and to focus on the things that you love that connect with readers but there is no point where you become disposable and having been multiply disposed of as a writer on other on publishers line items from various publishers having having my works say no no we're not going to continue this line in spite of the fact that you want to write in it Um, or we are going to go in a different direction and we wish you luck in your future career elsewhere Um, (laughs) i have to say that being a line on line item on somebody else's sheet and a mid-list author Is a brutal position from which to make a living. I did it. I did it for 17 years exclusively. That was what fed my family. And um, it got hairy and (laughs) Becky knows the horror stories. And yeah, yeah. Um, I I recommend pursuing what you love. And if you want to go commercial publishing, by all means, I'll power to you. I, I wish you the best of luck. But do consider that you are not your own business if you are somebody else's author. You are only your own business if you are your own author. Pennies.
0: You make pennies off of, yeah. God, yeah. Well, we can do an entire episode on on commercial versus indie if, you know, but. If there's interest in it, yeah. That. Yeah, if there's interest in it, so that's two episodes that you guys, you know, if you're interested <laughs> in, like, needing college or, um, you know, commercial versus indie. Um, so getting to today's actual topic, it's how to write story beginnings. Yes.
1: So, let's get into it. All right. Um, there are a couple of little points about story beginnings. Weak beginnings. Are passive weak beginnings start with description and weak beginnings establish normal. Um, so what I'd like to do for is, is to demo these for let's demo a few weak beginnings uh, for our, our <laughs> listeners. Um, so weak beginnings start at the beginning. That is the first thing that makes, that is a mistake. So um, do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? Well,
0: you need to go first because I don't know exactly how we're doing this. And I didn't write anything, so... <clears throat> no, I, we,
1: we do not have yeah. anything written down for this. This is strictly off the top of our heads. I am going to start... Um, I'm going to start with the classic bad beginning. Oh, um, Edward. <laughs> Edward, Edward Bullard, Edgar Bulwer-Lytton's... Yes, it was a dark and stormy night. Okay, that is a bad beginning. But a lot of people don't understand why. First off, if it's night and you're not living in Alaska, it's dark. That's the, so, so, redundantly, it was a night. Okay, it was a dark, yeah, and it was stormy. Okay, stormy, well, it was. Um, there is no action there. There is no content, there's no conflict, there's no anything in that ending, it's, or in that beginning. So let me give you another bad beginning. And this one I'll make up for you. Um, uh, Let's see. So start at the beginning. Uh, Once upon a time, a little girl was born. Okay. She was born. and, And then she, what? She threw up on her mother a bunch and wet her diapers. And they fed her and... 15 years later, something happened, or 25 years later, something happened, but once upon a time, a little girl was, uh, no. That's the beginning, okay? That's where things begin. So starting at the beginning is an issue. Do you wanna give us a couple of bad beginnings?
0: Oh, it's, I mean, I don't know if this one, this is a a bad beginning to a book, but... um, It's it's I think it's a different one though. It's a different one on your on your list. Oh, okay. Um but it's it's something like, you know, Jessica stood in front of the mirror unhappy with what she saw. She was a college graduate and and yada yada yada. And 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 nobody liked her for her intelligence because she was just her her blonde hair was too blonde and her blue eyes were, were, were piercing, but too blue and, and her boobs, she struggled with how big they were. And she, she, just, you know, and, and her slender little waist just made her feel more of a waif and oh. <laughs> it made just, her ass look too big. It's like, oh, yes. bite me. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But then uh, again, you have, you have that information about her past too. It's like she was this college graduate who, uh-huh who, you know, studied and she has three, three bachelors, two masters and a PhD. And, yeah. and, yes, you know, you get, you get this long winded description of a character, um, of her background, of her past. And you get, you know, that feeling like, oh, she's just too fucking perfect. Okay, fine. I get it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's an, and another one would be <laughs> like Ray City was founded in, 1829. God, yes. I, Now, I don't know, I don't know when Ray City was actually founded. Well, yes, just, but, you know, a while that. back. And, it's been there. Yeah, and it was a, originally a booming town with, you know, it was a train town <laughs> with mills, and, 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 and that's actually true, you know, Ray City was, it used to be booming, they, that that train brought in a lot of people, but, but then the, the highway came in, and, Trains were out of vogue, and and just like this entire paragraph Mm -hmm. on Ray City's history, yeah, that would be a great beginning.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, to to then pick up in twenty eighteen.
0: Yes. 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 After three pages, or maybe an entire chapter on the history of the town, which again is that eating the elephant and then barfing the elephant up instead of letting the readers eat the. Eat the- cherries or berries or whatever
1: right exactly yes writers <laughs> eat elephants and readers eat berries and writers who put elephants on pages kill readers so yes. um <laughs> that's <laughs> yeah those are those are two
0: yeah the the beginning with the history of the world yes or whatever it is that or you're the reading location about, yeah yes or is very very
1: or- or the technical beginning on, this is how the technology works. Mm. Um, if you are starting with uh, spaceships and you feel the need to explain how a transfold navigational spaceship works and uh, who invented it and uh, how, what kinds of fuel it uses and what kinds of problems people have in folding through the universe from point to point in faster-than-light time, while skipping over parts of space, and yeah, yeah um, or they start on another planet. So you spend the first
0: chapter explaining the history of Earth from from the certain point to the point to where you were. We we got the power to to you know have light speed light speed travel, and then how the person got into the program to become a part of the person, you know, people that, that travel to the planet to, to the point of where he is now on the planet. Mm-hmm. That is awful.
1: Yes, yes. And uh, please understand that I come at this from the point of view of a world-building <laughs> horror, And <laughs> from somebody who
0: has dealt with editors tell- telling, basically she tried to kill editors with exposition.
1: Yes, that I understand how you have built this fucking awesome world because I have built some fine, fine worlds, let me tell you. And or you're a history nut. Oh, You could be God. a history nut yes. and you have a passion for history and you want to share that. Yes. Okay. And that's fine. And I will tell you that in my settled space novels, I have managed to use all of the awesome world stuff I built, but I did not do it all at once. I did not... In, in, in fact, um, I opened the very first line of the very first uh, Settled Space novel, which is currently titled Hunting the Corrigan's Blood, which we'll get a retitle because, oh, mm. uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not happy with that, but whatever. Yeah, <laughs> It's not my book. <laughs> yeah. Um, in any case, I started that with my protagonist, uh, regaining consciousness to find herself welded into a locker with a corpse. Okay, that is a good beginning, because she does not is not entirely certain how she got there. She does not know why she's there. She does not understand. Uh, she uh, well, she so can barely understand anything because right. she's out of her mind at that point. Right, because she has she has she was beaten within an inch of her life, and. Uh, welded into a locker with a corpse and that's how I start the book and and that is I I have all of that stuff that I was talking about the the transfold navigational ships and the the world building and how all of the the science works and how all of the genetic engineering works and how all of these technical things that I built and loved um, in the in this whole series but they are Doled out in teeny tiny little pieces throughout the entire series, so that you don't even get a part of it in the first book, and you don't even get a part of it in the second book. You get just little tiny pieces, little berries dropped through the rest, because uh, I learned that it is entirely possible to kill readers. <laughs> so that is you want. A bad beginning does not start with description. A bad beginning does not establish what is normal that's another important thing is um, it was a beautiful day in the neighborhood and everything is fine and everybody is hanging out together and they're all um, you've got your gang of friends and everything is going well and you're showing them uh, out on the basketball court playing basketball with each other and then they all go home to their wonderful families who all love them and they have fun dinners and uh, they they get together to put on a play, and everybody has fun, and everything works, and that's you. You have run through. You you have spent your opportunity to to gain your reader there. If somebody does that,
0: they better kill somebody off at the end of the chapter, mm-hmm. or before then. Mm-hmm. You know, if 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 there is this, I would say. Because they say within the first page or paragraph or something, there has Mm -hmm. to be a twist or something. Because you're you're trying to gain a reader. You're trying to gain a buyer. Right. Um, But, I mean, I I could appreciate maybe the Stepford Wives look at things to where you're dealing with an entire chapter of normalcy until the last twist
1: at the end where everything you just read is fucked up. Right. Right. The only thing i will say in regard even to that is that people don't even have tv attention spans anymore people now have youtube attention spans they have meme attention spans where if you don't catch them in the first line or two with something that is meaningful something like well yeah there's there's a woman lock there's a woman welded into a locker who just regained consciousness and is looking at the corpse of, of a woman who was her waitress in a restaurant, and that's what she remembers, and she doesn't know what what's going on, um, and that's in your first lines, then you're going to lose the entire YouTube crowd.
0: Which might not be a bad thing, but at the same time, I mean, well, if they're while reading, you don't you write want to write them. for everybody, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you, you do want anyone who might be interested in your work. Right. So... Right, you you don't you don't want people who are going to hate your stories. So you want to be. You could start it off with, someone was going to die soon, <laughs> or or not not that exact phrase, but something that alludes to that, and then feed into the normalcy of everything, and then at the end show huh. the twist. But right. I mean, yeah, um, uh, even that's pushing
1: it. Kiki walked past. The, the kitchen, and noticed that the butcher knife was missing from the knife block. Line one. What else is there in the beginnings? Okay, weak beginnings uh, are also passive, okay? And again, this takes us back to it was a dark and stormy night. There's nothing happening. Um, the, if you're you describing um, lists... And I have seen books, and and I have seen a lot of literary books specifically that start with lists. Um, Bob went through his closet, uh, admiring his Armani suits, his I don't know mm-hmm. whatever expensive guy's shoes, uh, the the brand name briefcase, um, the the special um, whatever you know well, long lists of just just crap.
0: Yeah, it was it was like the. The one I mentioned, where she's listing off her list of, you know, uh, accomplishments and mm-hmm. how brilliant she is, and then, and then, it, it's a bummer because she's so beautiful that nobody knows about her brain. Let me describe how perfect my body is. <laughs> yeah, that's that's another version of a list,
1: right? Right. So it, it is <sighs> passive is showing is is dragging your th- reader through something that does not engage the reader that does not allow the reader get invested in what the character has at stake and to have something at stake, you have to have, okay, strong beginnings start in the middle. Okay. And now we're going to go through the list. So the, 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 the weak beginnings start at the beginning. They start with description. They establish what is normal. Um, and they, are passive they are they are include lists they do not contain enact they contain no action no actions people and and the the mirror opener is legendary uh people use it all the freaking time we explain the mirror the mirror opening when somebody is staring in a mirror yeah. So that, they, because the writer thinks, oh, this way I can show them how, what my character looks like. Yep. And, and so I'm going to have her looking in the mirror, him looking in a mirror or looking at a reflection in, in a lake. Yeah, I or, was going to say
0: a lot of times yeah. there's even other kinds of reflections. Any like, reflective um, surface. The, the romances are just known Mm -hmm. For having this scene in there where somebody is working and they catch a a reflection of themselves and they stop and they look. Or, you know, like walking past a a car, walking past a storefront Mm -hmm. and seeing their image on the televisions, you know, because there's a camera facing out. It's like, yeah... the reader does not need a full-on description of your character after they stop and look at themselves.
1: And there, I have one exception for that rule.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, but there, you can always I make did. a twist on it.
1: Yeah, I did a mirror opening. And the mirror opening that I did um, was in the Cat Creek novels. And my main character was looking at herself in a mirror and saw a green flash from a mirror that later ate her kid. Yeah, see now,
0: I could I could see that being like I wanted to start one of my uh, werewolf books with her stopping and looking at herself in the mirror, um and she's changing.
1: <laughs> oh, ho, 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 nice. Yeah. Yes. Because
0: yeah. I was like, fuck the goddamn mirror shit. It's in the romances all the time, and it's like, okay, dude, oh, it's it's so fucking annoying. Yeah. But I wanted to put that in in the um. In the wear series, exactly because I
1: really, really wanted to
0: to fuck with that, right?
1: Because if you can take it and do something really twisted and wicked with it, do yeah. it. Because it's such a a cliche that if you can twist it and rip somebody with it and go, yeah. they oh my god, you did it's, that. It's That's just beautiful. A, a little. Easter egg for writers, yes. you know what I mean? <laughs> yes, exactly. It is this little thing that a writer will read and go, oh, ha, 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 yeah, awesome. Yep. Um, and the reader will go, ooh, wow, I was not expecting that. I was yep. expecting big tits and a tiny waist. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, so then you go to what works. Okay, well, what works is when you start in the middle. So now let me list the four strong beginnings. Strong beginnings start in the middle. Strong beginnings start with conflict. Strong beginnings establish abnormal and strong beginnings are active. Okay, and with that, um, let me go ahead and give an example of a strong, uh, well, let you go ahead and bring in a strong beginning. Hi, this is Rebecca
0: again and just wanted to let you know we have a new testimonial today. This one is from
1: Elise Tuck. Thank you very much, Elise. Hi, my name's Elise Tuck and I've been a student of Holly Lyles for many years. I recently completed her How to Write Short Stories class and it was an amazing game changer for me. In the class, she teaches you how to brainstorm short ideas, how to write those short ideas, how to revise those short ideas, which I really needed that lesson. And thanks to what I learned from the class, I now have four stories submitted to online magazines, and I'm in the process of revising a fifth one. So if you're interested in how to write short
0: stories, go to hollyswritingclasses.com and click on the shop. Thank you very much for listening. All right, taking my example of um, the woman looking in the mirror so my initial idea was, she was um, a new were, a new werewolf and didn't know about it. So basically, the, the book started off with with her cleaning a no 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 that's right she was doing she was during in the middle of a shift. So she basically staggers into the bathroom, holds onto the sink, looks up at herself in the mirror, in pain wondering what's going on and she it was funny she started off describing herself in a way Mm -hmm. it was she looked into her green eyes her brown hair and saw the shift color (laughs) oh yeah or or, um her brown she she wiped her brown hair out of her eyes looked up into them out of her green eyes Just in time to watch them change. Um, They shifted to yellow and her body wracked, already wracked with pain. um, Begin this burning sensation as her flesh felt as if it was melting from her body. Which I, I, nowadays I would change the melting part because of how my science works. Mm -hmm. But... That's, that was, that was the beginning. I I wanted specifically for there to be that moment of, you know, the, the casual, oh, I'm checking myself out in the mirror, you know, with, with the, the, she pulled her brown hair away from her face, but it was to look into her green eyes, which then shifted yellow.
1: Yeah. Very nice. Very nice. Yes. And you have included everything you need in there. You start in action. You do not show where she got bit. Or whatever it was that caused her yeah victim. and nobody
0: knew she was a waitress at the time or anything until her body started to to tear open the waitressing and she was at work Ooh, in the middle awkward. of the shift <laughs> yeah in oh. the morning at oh. a diner
1: so oh, that's that's really awkward yes yeah, yeah. so you you start in the middle you start with conflict and and again we are going to mention the conflict argument yet again Because this is always going to be somebody's first episode. And conflict is not argument. Well, repetition is also mother of skill. Well, yes, that's that's true. So um, conflict is when your character faces a problem. And the problem can be anything. (laughs) The problem can be turning into a werewolf. It can be uh, accidentally reawakening a mirror with a razor blade while you're scraping the paint off of it and happen to see yourself in it, that will later eat your kid. Um, It will be- It could be
0: somebody not turning into a werewolf.
1: Yes, it could be somebody who (laughs) needed to turn into a werewolf and was counting on that happening and having it fail. That would suck. Um, It is establishing abnormal, um, which does not have to be A big kind of abnormal, like turning into a werewolf. That's you know, that's having a really bad day. Yeah, it it can be having your car break down on a highway, which is abnormal. Generally, cars work, unless you had my old Vega. (laughs) That car, it's normal, was abnormal. (laughs) But um, but you are okay, and then you also the strong beginning is active. The character was doing something. She was in pain. She ran into the bathroom. Uh, she looked in a mirror, but she was not looking at it to fix her hair. She was looking at it because she was in trouble. And yeah, yeah, she, she was, yeah,
0: she was bent over grasping this porcelain sink at this cheap ass diner that she worked at. Right. And she looked up because everything felt like it was on fire, including her face and everything ached and throbbed. And she's like, what the fuck is going on? Looking at herself.
1: Yeah. She was not in there to look at the mirror.
0: She no. was in
1: there for something much, much bigger. And the mirror was a convenient device that you could use to present mm-hmm. her horrific new discovery.
0: Yeah. And at the same time, mock all the mirror beginnings. Oh, yeah.
1: All the mirror beginnings. Because Yes. And again, that's my mind was an intentional riff on that same thing. Um, that, well, yeah. <laughs> Just wait till you see what I do with this mirror. Yeah. So that's. Um, conflict is the core part of fiction. And I think sometimes it is so difficult for people to write good conflict because to do it, you have to be mean to your characters. Mm-hmm. And in general, when writers start out, they are usually very nice people who, are, who want to do this, this very nice job, which is sit on your butt in a room with a keyboard and create something with your brain, and it's it is it's a nice job. It's it's a good job. It's there's no no blood or gore in it. And as someone whose first job had a lot of blood and gore in it, or not my first job, but you know my my first career, um, writing fiction, it is not you know dangerous, and it's not horrifying, and it's not heartbreaking. But you have to be able to put yourself into a position where you can bring these things from the outside world into your fiction. And um, it it it
0: is very difficult to sometimes when you're creating characters that you really like or you really love, or you have an attachment for, especially the more you like use something um, to just creating a character not even inside of a book, but creating that character and learning about them and giving them pa- your past, like their past mm-hmm. and putting parts of yourself in them and then having to continuously make things worse for them. Because that's kind of the point of the book is is to just keep making things worse yeah. until the character can triumph. It's, it's
1: difficult. It's not easy because... You just—you really do love these characters. Yeah, yeah. And there are days when you go into work and you feel like an ogre, because you just did something horrible to somebody you really liked, mm-hmm. and you know that before you get through, you're going to do something even worse, mm-hmm. and then you're going to do something even worse than that. Yeah. And, and I
0: haven't—I haven't really gotten to that to that ability yet. <laughs> but i'm sure that's coming with the fault in hell's world because it's right. just rife with conflict.
1: Right. Well, there are there are different degrees of awful too. Um mm-hmm. if you are writing romance novels your degree of awful is much less intense than yeah. if you are writing um, paranormal uh, suspense if you're writing suspense your your awful can go pretty damn dark.
0: Yeah, Um, or fantasy or magic. I mean, mm -hmm. looking at the the shit that happened to some of the characters, like Talon, Mm -hmm. um, versus the stuff that happened to Kaylee in Leaving Wanda Lucia, it's nothing. But at the same time, being a motorcycle owner, being a biker with friends with bikes, and and to have what happened to his bike happen to his bike, that actually... I was not comfortable riding that.
1: Oh, yeah. No, that's that was that <laughs> Because was your m- bike
0: is your baby.
1: <laughs> oh, that was so oh. sad, man.
0: Well, and you're not you're not even a person who particularly even likes motorcycles. Yeah. Because <laughs> and you don't want your kids to be riding riding them or anything, but but that was a, an Indian chief that got just destroyed, wasn't it? Uh no, I think No, you're thinking of your parents, your grandparents. My my grandmother's bike, yeah. Yeah, but it was just, it was, it's just difficult. But that's, that's the thing is that when you create these characters and you put a part of yourself in them, you know what is going to hurt. Mm Mm-hmm. And when you do it to the character,
1: you're creating better fiction, but you're also hurting a part of yourself. Yes. Yes. So there is a certain amount of masochism in this game. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um so again, I'm gonna I'm gonna come up with just kind of another demo of a good strong beginning. And I'm gonna pull this off the top of my head. Okay. Okay, this is one I'm kind of floating around now. Uh, So I'm going to try it out on my readers. Uh, I have a character who is an orphan. Um, She was raised by a series of unfortunate foster families. Um, She never got home. She has never felt loved. And uh, she is now in her mm, probably mid-20s she is scrambling just to survive and the opening for her is going to be that somebody knocks at the door in this crappy vile little place that she lives because she is now on her own and she is she has roommates and she is just struggling to survive at all and this guy shows up and he is dressed in a nice suit And he has creepily combed hair. It's all (laughs) just, I mean, hairspray. It looks heavily hairsprayed and possibly waxed. And his face is kind of the same. And he has this envelope in his hand that is old and worn and looks like a lot of people have held it, but nobody has ever opened it. And he asks her her name, and... He, and she says, yes, that is her name. And he hands, hands her this this big kind of fancy envelope that says to recipient on it in handwriting. Uh, Not uh, her name, just to recipient. And it doesn't have a stamp. It's just, and but it's sealed. And he hands it to her and she takes it. And he looks a little surprised when she takes it. And then he says well i need to see you open it and she opens it and something changes something snaps in the back of her head and that's what i'm going to leave there okay that's that is the opening and i'm not going to say anything else about it well yeah i want to know more now though (laughs) good because that's what you want you want people yeah. to say, well, you know, why? Why did it say to a recipient? Why is it being brought by this waxed man? Yeah, and <laughs> what's going to happen to the waxed man when she opens the thing?
0: What, what mm-hmm. snapped in her head? What? Mm-hmm. Why Why did she have to open it and nobody else has? Yeah, there's a lot of questions there, which is, yeah, like you said, what you want. Yeah.
1: That's the starter for my Ohio novel series. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's Matt and I have been bouncing those back.
0: Yeah. So uh, here's the, I have a question. Okay regarding beginnings so it in everything that we've done so far we had a certain amount of this figured out beforehand but that's not always necessarily the case no but so my question is like okay for plotters how much do we need to figure out for pantsers what all do you need to figure out because you've done both you you, Mm -hmm. the um Talismana was was pants.
1: Talisman is a good example of why I don't pants too. By the way,
0: yeah, that's that's true. Yeah. Maybe maybe we should try <laughs> to get uh, some information on Stephen King and why the hell he pants his stuff. Yeah, <laughs> he, he's brilliant pantser.
1: Well, now uh, dreaming the um, fuck no. Dead man's Party? dead man's party. Thank you. Is is kind of semi pantsed.
0: Well, that's the how to write a novel version of your your yeah, pantsing because of my you're pantsing. still
1: going through, yeah, right. Um, so you're you're kind of looking at well, how much do people need before they start? Well, yeah, because
0: we're just talking about the actual beginnings, like the words and and the first paragraphs and the mm-hmm. first chapter. Right. But there's a lot of people out there that'll be like, okay, well, that's great, but how do I get to the
1: actual beginning? How do I get to that point? Okay. Um, what you do first is you give your character a problem to solve. That is the very, very first thing you do. Have an idea of a character. Just just one character is sufficient. And then what problem does that character need to solve? Um, I will use my example from Dead Man's Party for this. Um, The first Scene introduces two characters. It introduces the villain, and it introduces a guy I had intended to be a throwaway character. And uh, so I had the dead guy, or I had the the um, the villain, villain come in, and I had him meet this guy, and they went into the back room so that the guy could show him different settings for this big pink diamond. The guy wanted to put set into a ring that he wanted to have given to the fiance, his his, his he hoped would be fiance. And when they were in there, the guy, the customer, um, whipped out a knife and cut the guy's throat. Just into ear, guy falls over. Um, and then it switches to the point of view of the guy. And I did not know this was going to happen until I started writing it, is the, guy's, the guy is lying there wondering how long it's gonna take for him to die. And then he realized his fingers are moving and he's trying to cover the, the hole in his throat and then he realizes that he's not breathing, but he's still thinking. And then he goes, well, this is peculiar. <laughs> Only not in those words, obviously. Yeah. And uh, he gets, he has, he has bled out all over the floor, has exsanguinated. And he is up and moving and looking for some tape to tape his throat shut so he can clean up the mess. And uh, that's where the story starts. And I had started writing, and I just got that thing. And that was all I had. And it
0: was... Yeah, that's, you did have an artifact for the world and right. stuff. I right had, your, but, but but at this, the same time...
1: Yeah, but this was scene, not the artifact. This had nothing yeah. to do with the artifact. This was just bringing in the villain and showing the villain starting through his murder list. because, And this guy was not the first guy in his murder list. This was just the one where we were picking up in the middle of a story where this guy who is killing people shows up, and then it shows his very, very clever escape. And then it cuts back to the dead guy on the floor, and his fingers are moving, which I was the part I did not expect. So what you need is a problem. You need a character, and you need a problem. And I thought that the character was the killer, and the problem was that he had to kill this guy. And it turned out, no, the character that really mattered in that... I mean, the the killer is still a core part of the thing. He's one of the four main characters in the book, and we are down to almost the end now, and he's still there. But the other guy, turns out, was just absolutely crucial to this. And his problem was, why am I not dead?
0: Yeah, or
1: why,
0: why am I dead but still well, yeah. here? Why am I dead but <laughs> why still am here? I undead?
1: Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's, that is for, for plotters, for pantsers, for anybody. If you have a character and you give the character a problem, that's your step one. Step two is do not give your character the tools to solve it. My dead guy on the floor couldn't find any tape. Oh no. <laughs> he had to figure out a way to get the girl who worked for him because he was the business owner. He had to figure out a way to get the girl who worked for him to run across the street to the the hardware store and pick up some duct tape and bring it back for him and then give him the duct tape without him seeing, without her seeing that his throat was cut from ear to ear. And that was yeah, a largish problem. Yeah, that, that's funny cuz the girl who
0: changed in the the bathroom mm-hmm. um, her love interest was the one of the cooks. So she is she's in there in the bathroom changing. She has no tools to stop the change. She doesn't know what's right. going on. She has no ability to stop the change. And then when she's changed, she is, in essence a, a giant beast of a thing in this diner bathroom and the funny thing is she doesn't know how to use the door yeah no opposable thumb
1: yeah it's the thing that that she keeps sheldon from being a worse cat than he is (laughs)
0: this is a werewolf yeah so a lot of them do have opposable thumbs oh really as wolves? yeah werewolves oh i never thought they had hands yeah
1: oh yeah i'm sorry i
0: forgot you don't watch horror movies well, you watch some horror movies now. Yeah. Uh, no, not really. No,
1: I'm, I'm still a wuss.
0: You've seen 28 Days Later, Mark said. Oh, yeah, I had. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, that was a it's good It's been one. years ago. Um, But, yeah, so a lot of werewolves do have the hands. Okay. Um, but but she is a brand new werewolf, never dealt with this body. She, she's she got this massive power, so she tries to lean again on the, the sink to look at herself in the mirror. Because, again, she's fucking changed. And... She breaks the sink. Oh, no. It, it just falls to the ground, and she doesn't... It's, there's a bit of comedy to it, as well as this absolute freaking horror for her. Mm-hmm. And she's been in the bathroom so long, and she's trying not to break everything. And <laughs> when she's trying to open the door, it, it's such a small, tiny knob for her giant werewolf hands. And she's trying to turn it. Well, at the same time, her love interest has you know everybody's wondering where the hell she is you know she's in the bathroom and she's sick but there's a lot of animosity between the uh waitresses even the friends because you know she was a very good waitress so she got the better tables she had the better section now she's not there some other waitresses are taking it they're not going to go look in the bathroom for her um so yeah well i'm it's also it's also about making money too you know there's a certain amount of waitresses tend to only make two or three dollars an hour oh. not including tips yeah so you, <laughs> you you better be on your section um so the guy in the the love interest the cook even though they're slammed and his boss is telling him not to go check on her he he's like okay well fuck this i gotta, I gotta go check her. she must be sick or something so he he goes because she was feeling sick that was one of the signs the symptoms that she didn't realize had a, had a cause so he goes and he checks on her and there's no answer and there's these really weird noises and he's like what the fuck is going on so he opens the door and he sees this gigantic motherfucking furry fucking thing that's just terrifying and it's it seems to be he he yells and the thing yells and <laughs> he he like Doesn't know what to do. He can't move. And the thing. Instead of being this stupid. Oh it was a flash of fur. And she just kind of walks out. Real slow. Tiptoes around him. and, And he's just frozen. Watching this fucking werewolf. Just kind of like move around him <laughs> real gently and she has to squeeze because she's not going through the diner mm-hmm. she's going through the back exit so she has to kind of squeeze around him and bumps into him and like looks at him and and tries to speak but but there's no speaking so she ends up growling her apologies and he like jumps and he fucking moves and it, it it's what it broke his standing still so he bolts and then she's like He's gonna tell everybody about me, so she bolts. Oh, wow. You know, and that's that's awesome. Like, the the scene ends with her outside in the sunlight, and there are people back there. There, there's these um these um the chefs that are taking a, a quick smoke break, mm-hmm. and they're about to shit their pants because this werewolf just kind of <laughs> casually walked out the push door, the exit, and. Yeah, and and then she's just stuck there, terrified, not know what, what to do, and then she decides she has to fucking leave. Yeah, so she bolts. Yeah, yeah. It's it was it was a neat twist on that first change as well, and that that horror scene where everybody thinks they saw a dog, but they can't tell. And that always irritated the fuck out of me because you know what, a werewolf, especially Hollywood's version, that's not a dog. No, it it's it's almost like the um the <laughs> gargoyleish. Demon dogs in um,
1: Ghostbusters. Oh God, yeah, I remember those. Yeah. Those were great. Yeah, yeah. The,
0: the and it was kind of cute when all the the coats were being tossed on its head and it was shaking its head. And mm-hmm. all right, who brought the dog? It had red glowing eyes, but at the same time, that was more of a dog than a fucking werewolf. Right. So it was just I wanted everything to be clear. I wanted him to realize <laughs> this seven foot tall furry ass beast thing is not you know. A dog. Right. And when they do end up going in there and looking, the change is always so nice and simple in Hollywood. Even even if you look at American Werewolf on London, there's no blood. Mm-hmm. So I changed it. Good. There was a lot of blood and gore, and her clothes were everywhere, and there was oh no my body God. parts. They're going to think that, that the werewolf yes. ate her.
1: Yep. <laughs> Holy shit. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. So. All right. So. The next thing, so we've got give your character a problem to solve. Do not give your character the tools to solve it. And then three is give failure consequences. So, Becky's example here of giving failure consequences is excellent in that the uniform is left in the bathroom. There's blood all over the bathroom. The boyfriend sees this monster leave the bathroom, um, and the the cooks out in the back, or whoever it is that's out in the waiters. Yeah, they were the cooks. There were two of them. Yeah, okay. Out in the back are also seeing this monster leave the restaurant. Um, In mine... um, I, I don't want to go into my consequences. <laughs> yeah. So use something else. Use yeah. use one of the other okay. stories that you've written. Um, How about the Kate Galway one? Okay. Well, no. Let me um, because that's another werewolfy kind of thing. So yeah. Well, that's that's probably why so, it was on the top of my head. Right. Too. <laughs> so I'm going to go back to settled space. I'm going to go back to her being in uh, locked in the locker with the corpse, and uh, the all she can do is she hears this little basically a, a, a roomba uh, like a a, a Space station cleaning Roomba sort of thing, working its way along a corridor. And there, there have, has been no sound because she has been welded into um, a locker in a corridor that is currently unused. So they left her in there to die. They didn't make with a dead, with a dead, with a dead person. person yes. Yeah. So she's in a corpse, and she's been in there for a while. Uh, We established later that it's been like two days. So she has not had a chance to die of thirst yet, but she's getting close. Okay, And she thinks
0: that she is a corpse. Yeah, she thinks she's dead.
1: She's hallucinating. (laughs) She thinks she's dead. And so she just wants to have her best friend find out what happened to her body. So she's banging her head against the locker door um, in the space station as the Roomba goes by. And it alerts authorities so that's she her failure was to escape on her own and to to be at the brink of death i mean hallucinating uh pushing pretty close to dying of thirst um she has a broken leg she is badly has a serious serious infection from this um she is in horrible shape and they get people in there and they open it up and she falls out of the thing still tied still um molly bonded to the corpse so so an unbreakable bond that they have to uh, work off of her with tech and she thinks she's dead and she says you cannot read you a corpse she is she has already given up she knows she's dead and she says it's too bad you know that they, they couldn't have found me sooner because you can't read you a corpse that comes back that comes back in a big big way at the end but, of the book.
0: Yeah, but, yeah, and I was I was going to also say, too, um, you don't always have to know the ending. I didn't. To, to foreshadow it. Yeah, no, no, I'm saying oh, that yeah. yours is a foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. Um, and yours came naturally. And your writing that actually ended up being part of why you kept the new ending as well. Mm-hmm and just to tell everybody like that doesn't always have to come naturally you can if you write the entire thing and you don't edit and don't revise while you write and you get to the ending you can learn how to foreshadow stuff you can you can bring in the foreshadowing right. later that's but that's something to put magic. in yeah
1: that is something to put in after you have written an entire first draft which you have not touched <laughs> yeah so with
0: with the with the failure here
1: yeah the failure there was that she was incapable of saving herself and that failure meant that she was on the brink of death and and if she had not done something even though it was this this thing that she thought was a hopeless gesture she would have died failure would have had even bigger consequences than just than what it had. But you make sure this is, and no, this is number four. You make sure that your reader has a reason to want your character to win. And I cannot even begin to describe how many people have written such unlikable characters that at the beginning of the book, I hoped that they would fail, I hoped it would kill them, and I hoped they would die, and I didn't even stay long enough to find out if they did. (laughs) You have to create characters that your reader will care about so that when they have this problem and when they don't have the tools to solve it and when they have some half-assed measure they have to take because they don't have the tools you have to have the reader going oh come on come on somebody get in there and do something to help her
0: yeah yeah where you want them to succeed and where i see this fail a lot is um it's it's a mistake that people make when they are trying to be very, very smart about the character. What they do is they have this, um, character that they want to have grow in the book. So they start them out as an asshole. Sometimes it's, it's in romances where, you know, he's, he's been hurt and he doesn't like women because of all of the betrayal and because of all of the manipulation. And so then you have this romantic, um, love interest to the female that is garbage that is a complete asshole that treats her like shit um and you know it's it's her job to change him or what the fuck ever now there's a lot of problems with that there's a lot to unpack there but (laughs) the idea is when you have a character who you can write an asshole. And he's still likable. You can write an asshole that will grow and not be cold and distant by the end. But you have to give glimmer of good personality. You have to have his actions. You can make him be a dick. You can make him be cold. You can make him be distant. And, and, but have his actions show that he still has a heart. Yes. So if this guy is just a complete douchebag, he, he, you know, is, is, Cold and distant and critical of her. Let's say they work together, and he's not impressed with her work. He's pointing out all of the flaws. He's pointing out that she spelled these words wrong, or that her technical work isn't great. And and they're leaving for the day. Have him open a door for her. Mm-hmm. Have him, um, you know, if she drops something, have him pick it up and hand it to her. Have him, you know, keep her from falling in her heels that she's uncomfortable with. Yeah. Um, this is just, this it, is called even saving
1: just, the cat. And if you have a negative character, if you have a character that is has to be your protagonist, has to be someone that the reader comes to love, that character can do some bad things, but that character must, in the first scene, before you have lost the reader forever, that character must, in some fashion, save the cat. The idea is that you have something that that character does to
0: show you that he's, you know, worth something. That, and and I know that, especially in this political environment right now, with a lot of, you know, the 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 ultra issues that we are having with with certain sexes and, um, you know,
1: no, every, everything has issues right now. Everything. Yeah, everything exactly. Everything has been politicized.
0: Exactly. So, you if you want to write an asshole male character and you want to save him and and you know where he changes because he realizes that you know all of the times that somebody hurt him you can't live your life based on that pain don't think about all of the people that are going to talk shit about your male character talk shit about your female character talk shit about how you know you know it's just another aggressive male and this or if you if you look on the other spectrum how oh you know it's just another male that's been changed by a female because don't don't think about the politics and i know that's so hard because politics are you know it's getting shoved down our throats even when we're not looking for it, you know, in the in the shows that we're watching now, politics is, is and I know this has always been kind of a thing, mm-hmm. but it's just getting worse and worse because we have so many extra shows. We have so much more, um, it, quote, entertainment out there that people are using their voices for, which I respect, but they're getting preachy, which I don't respect. And you see a lot of the things that... It can kill your desire to write out of just fear, Mm -hmm. out of just paralyzation. And I think that this is important. Don't write something, don't water something down because you're trying to avoid the criticism. The criticism is going to come no matter what you do.
1: Yes. Yes. And that is a beautiful, beautiful point. The people who do not think as you think, and I, no matter what you think, half of everybody does not think as you think, at least, okay? So no matter where you are on any religious or political or uh, gender or social or whatever spectrum, no matter where you are, there are people on the opposite end from you and there are people who vehemently disagree with whatever it is you think they are not your audience okay no. you cannot write for everybody so don't fucking try write for the people who love what you love and don't be afraid to say that you love what you love yeah and this is this is a good way to look at it yes when you
0: are writing something let's let's just let's just say when you're reading something if you are having a stressful day and you're just you're frustrated with all of the politics or you're frustrated with the with all of the hate and the bigotry or or whatever it is that's out there and you pick up a book and that book has your point of view Your that book has has whatever you believe and 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 the characters are people that that you would love to know think about the bravery of that author who took a stance who, who isn't making something preachy, who isn't out there to, to convert people, who is just just writing about characters that matter to you because they matter to her or him. And they took the st- they, they took that bravery to put what they believe on the page. Mm-hmm. Think about how that changes your state. Think about how good you feel reading that. How good you feel knowing that there are other people out there that believe what you believe, that are brave enough to put it on page. And just remember that you can be that author to to other people. That you can help somebody realize that the world might be going crazy. It might have always been going crazy. You know, every single year people say it's getting worse, but I don't know that it is. I think it's just a continuation. It's just that there's more of it to more of us because there are more of us and there, more of us have the connectivity mm-hmm. you know the, it's the more social visible. media it's yeah it's just more visible insanity that's all it is just think about how those authors that w- write what you love make you feel and think about how you could be that person to other readers that's all that's the yes just stay strong Writing what you love,
1: yes, and put it out in the world, and and that is an, a that is a word that cannot be minimized, or that that cannot be maximized enough. Love, there is. You do not write out of hate. You do not write to diminish someone else. You do not write to hurt people. You write to build something you love, something that puts joy into your day as you create it, and something that someone else will find and love and go oh. Thank you. I have been waiting to think that somebody else loves what I love, and here it is on the page, in tangible format, and I get to read it. Thank you. Yeah. This and th- those are the people that are going to buy the re-
0: the other books that you write. Those right. are the people that are going to try to find you and be a part of of um, your your world in whatever way they can, you know, they're, they're going to follow you. They're going to buy what you write. They're going to write to you. They're, they're, they're maybe going to start their own stuff. This it, it's, it's about putting you, you, you got to be vulnerable. Yes. I mean, that's, that's the scary thing is that you are putting yourself on the page and you are going to have people who absolutely hate you, hate what you stand for, mm-hmm. hate what you're writing, oh, hate yeah. your characters. I mean, it and it, it's, it, not going to be easy to take it's going to shake you but at the same time you're reaching people who matter to you you're reaching and that the person who hates you the people who hate you they don't matter
1: exactly exactly you you can do so much good by not being preachy, by not trying to shove a point of view down anybody's throat, by simply creating what you love and telling stories that people want to read and letting somebody else, some, some poor kid out there who is looking for a proof that there is somebody else in the world out there like that kid. I, I gotta say, I was that kid. I was that kid who did not know that there was anybody else who saw the world the way I saw it. And I found a few authors when I was a teenager, when I was a little bit older than that, um, who wrote things that proved to me that I was not the only person like me in the universe. And they changed my world. They changed my world. They made They gave me a joy that I cannot even begin to describe now. And it was, I can't even figure out why I didn't know then that I wanted to write fiction. It took me years to figure out that I wanted to do this even after that, but they made the world better for me and they allowed me to find a way to live in it and to be myself and to be a human being and to know that I was okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and the certain things that we think, and the certain things that the dark periods of our ta- of our lives, and the brightest periods of our lives, and the things that move us and motivate us, when we find those on the page, it means the world. Oh my God, it to does. To you, I mean it. It can be, like you said, life changing. Just to know that another human being out there has your struggles, has has th- that you're not broken, that you're not unfixable. That you're not unlovable or unworthy. Yeah. You know, just because you're different from the people that happen to surround you.
1: Yes. That that if you have lived in a very restricted environment, as I did, it is, you can think that there is nobody else in the world who has ever thought the things you think, who has ever wanted the things you want, who has ever been the person you are. And to discover when you reach a little wider through your reading... Mm -hmm oh my God, there, right there, that person, that person knows what it feels like to be me. Yeah. Be be that writer. Yeah, <laughs> be
0: that writer. Be and, and you don't have to write, you know, you don't have to be perfect. It doesn't no. have to be perfect. It can be, especially in first draft, it can be trash. And, and I, I'm actually really, really looking forward to showing you guys Glass House because it is garbage right now. <laughs> it has nothing to do with what it is going to become but that's that's a different kind of fear i'm just i wanted to hit on this because a lot of people will suffer in the beginnings from trying to wash the the from trying to to keep in that fear zone keep away from definites keep away from having an asshole character that grows because you know you're scared of what people are going to think politically or having a black female protagonist you know mm-hmm. or having um you know interracial couples i know a friend of mine was wanting to write a romance story with a, a black girl and a white guy and and then she she was terrified because of you know the different the different things she, she that that come from that yeah the, the different reactions because there are so many it's not just you know racist against the fact that it, it's it there are so many different levels of fear and and of people's reactions to that that couple and and I told her okay well think about like all of these reactions to this couple and think about how important it is that there's a story out there that is showing the positives that is showing a story about love you know I'm like you have to in a way fight over those angry voices to put your voice out in the world and i th- i think by the time the conversation ended she realized what i was saying she she got my point of view because she said she's writing it so yeah.
1: good good yeah. yeah i you know i i can say that no matter who you are no matter who you are no matter what you think is not good enough about yourself. There is somebody out there who has that same fear. And if you give that fear to a character, you are going to save somebody's life. You are going (laughs) honest to fuck. I, I have received emails from people who, because I wrote, um, what I knew to be true because I had lived it and I disguised it in a lot of different ways so that it didn't look like me. But, um, I knew it was true because I had lived it, and I, <laughs> I had hit really some really bad places in my life, and, um. And I got emails from people who said, you know, I am alive because of that specific book, and because I decided, that character, that character got through it, and I decided I could get through it because, this person you wrote did. Yeah. So just be <sighs> brave enough to To
0: write what you feel, yes, be brave enough to, to because it is, if it's important to you, it's gonna be important to somebody else. And I know this, this might seem off topic, but when it comes to beginnings, it's important to start it is from important the important stuff.
1: It is important to start, and you are not unworthy. Yeah, you, you, the life you have lived, not does it doesn't just have meaning to you it has meaning to people you don't even know exist yet and if you don't write it you will never know they exist and if you don't write it maybe some of them won't yeah and <sighs> so
0: with all of that said the beginnings again like like mom said it's important to begin but a lot of people struggle with the beginnings because of that fear mm-hmm. you know that they, they just just write it just Write it as, is. remember to first draft, you're the only one that's going to see it. Um, you can go ahead and be preachy in first draft. You can go ahead and, and put your stuff, everything out on the page in first draft because you'll find out what, what you feel is um, the, the important parts. And then you can learn to disguise them and be less preachy. Yes,
1: yes, exactly. <laughs> so um, is there anything else with beginnings? Okay, no, I, but I do want to go back through those again because we have gone kind of wide here. Um, So give your character a problem to solve. Do not give your character the tools to solve it. Give failure consequences and make sure your reader has a reason to want your character to win. And those are um, massive. If you can do that, you will have written a good beginning.
0: So okay so we've gone through everything is is there anything else before the takeaway
1: No I think we're we are now at the takeaway All right so oh, we'll give it Here is the takeaway the real story only starts after things have gone wrong so start with things going wrong That's where you start your story is with things going wrong Yeah all right so um I think we did a great job
0: on this episode i mean i really had a lot of fun me too um and i think we got some important things in there as well if you have any questions if if you're still you know unclear about certain aspects of the beginning or you know if if you felt that there were some things that we didn't cover please feel free you know uh, if you don't have an account yet hollyswritingclasses.com create Mm -hmm. a free account absolutely free find the podcast forum so if you have any questions or anything like that, um, again, just just find the the podcast, the podcast topic. Um, it is how to write story beginnings and we will, you know, you, you can leave us some, uh, some questions. You can put your own input in there. Let us know how, you know, if anything in here struck a chord or if there's some things that you feel you do with beginnings that, um, help you really get the ideas flowing or the words flowing, anything like that. Um, And then, you know, we can respond. There are other writers in there that can help you out as well. And remember, we are doing the middles and the ends next time. So keep to the beginnings in the forums. We also have a website alonewithinvisiblepeople.com and you can go in there and uh, comment on on the blog. That's just not a place where people tend to have a whole lot of uh, conversations or anything like that. Uh, we also want to mention that Holly has a whole bunch of free writing advice. Uh, go ahead and, and, and explain what all is on your blog.
1: Okay. Um, on my website, uh, it is HollyLisle.com, and last name is L-I-S-L-E.com. Uh, I have over a hundred thousand words of writing articles, writing worksheets, um, uh, or not worksheets, writing little writing workshops, um, and tons of blog posts, and but, but just a massive amount of material that is free, free, free. You don't have to sign up for anything. It's just on yeah the there's no freaking, email, there's no downloads no,
0: really. It's, it's just, just a on whole the
1: site. And I have it even yeah. set up so that people can print off a PDF that there's there's a little thing down the bottom of every page where you just print the PDF and you can use the article, you can use the worksheet, you can share the worksheet. I don't care. I, yeah. I was a broker. I grew up in mission fields and, uh, uh, and in trailer parks. And I, yeah, I started with freaking nothing and I had freaking nothing for a long time. And even when I was a nurse for a long time, I was a nurse with two kids and, and just scraping by with just us. And, yep. um, I know what it's like to have to do this with no money. So there, I yeah. have just, oh god lots of resources on just my main site for you and yeah so we'll actually um i think that it is actually
0: linked in the um show notes but i will put a parenthesis around it to, to tell you like um, over a hundred thousand more free uh words of free writing advice and content in there yeah and um w- it really, if you are looking for the different things that we mention on here, go to alonewithinvisiblepeople.com and look at the show notes for whatever episode you're listening to, and it will give you the links to all of the sites, to to all of the you know, to like the forums, to Holly's uh, blog with all of the blog posts. If we mention a blog post, we put the link in the show notes. So we try to make it as easy as possible for you to find all of the resources that that we do mention in here. Um, Now, speaking of the free and, and, you know, having very little funds to do anything, if you do get the free uh, writing course the the how to write flash fiction, as I mentioned before, by the end of it, if you do the work, you will have 10 stories, you can get that up there and start it selling. And I have done the same thing. And you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to do it specifically um, based on probably like a Fulton Hill world just to show you guys that you can put something up there and you can start selling and you can make even if it's just a couple of bucks here and there it's better than absolutely nothing before you know that you are earning money from your writing from a free 100% free course yeah. that just taught you a couple of basic we have things
1: guys in the flash fiction class who are using the flash fiction forum who are doing that now
0: yeah yeah, and there's a free forum in there. You can see other people's successes. You don't need to, to, to take my word for it, as um, Reading Rainbow says. <laughs> so just go in there, go into the forums, see what other people are doing. You, you can see some of them have made a decent amount of money on the little flash fiction things. I, when I was doing my pen name, and it was all up on Barnes & Noble before Barnes & Noble just smashed everybody. Um, I was making a decent amount. I was making 5 or $10 a month off of just... The flash fiction by itself, and I only had like, I think two, Mm -hmm. two up there and they were making five or $6 a month to me. That was my take home off of whatever it is that Barnes and Noble used to take. And I know that doesn't seem like a lot, but when you're not making anything and then you put, you know, two or two, I think it was just two of the flash fiction up there. Now I did have other stories as well. So you know nothing sells the whatever they say nothing sells the next story like the or the last story like the next one, and and having a big backlog helps, um, or backlist mm-hmm. helps. But yeah, again, you know you can start making money from a free course that Holly has, which is how to write flash fiction that doesn't suck. Um, so moving on. Holly has a new... We are no longer doing Patreon. We have both put up posts about why we disagree, you know, horribly.
1: Vehemently. Horribly.
0: Just vehemently disagree <laughs> yeah. with the absolute horrible bullshit terms of service that they have. The theft going on there. So we just want to say, you know, if you want to support the podcast, there are several ways. First, support um Holly. She is the, you know, kind of the backer of this um, podcast at the moment. So... The majority of the um, capital put up for this has been from Holly, so that is coffee. And it sounds like the drink, but it's spelled different, <laughs> as in Green Mile. But it is spelled it is spelled K O hyphen F I dot com, and then you've got you know the the forward slash Holly Lyle. That's L A S L E. It's all one word. So you you just K O dash F I dot com forward slash holly lyle and you can check out you know she's she has a page for support and the the neat thing with uh ko-fi
1: yeah i i see i see it (laughs) as ko-fi so i know it's coffee but damn it, it's it's Kofi,
0: but it looks like ko-fi to me the neat thing (laughs) with with coffee or ko-fi is that uh, every donation is in increments of just like three bucks. So, you know, if you, and it's a buy me a coffee kind of deal. So if you want to give, you know, three bucks, that's awesome. If you want to give, you know, buy two coffees, that's cool. I just had somebody buy me three coffees mm-hmm. like yesterday. I just looked up and and it was like, I was like, Hey, that is so cool. Thank you for my three Quote coffees right,
1: <laughs> and you can also if you if you use the little plus sign over on this or on the if you use the thing down at the bottom and it's a paid account, um, you can subscribe subscribe monthly, monthly at yes. three dollars or six dollars or not, whatever you know you can yeah. set this up to be whatever you want it to be, which is the yeah, coolest. Yeah, and you can change ever. it.
0: Yeah, it really is. It really really is because it's it's just it's also um, to, to me it seems like a lot easier. Than mm-hmm. doing a Patreon and stuff. And Ko so, Fi does um, not
1: take any money from the people who are yes. sending the money. They take it from us. That's we what pay. I was
0: going to mention too. Yeah. We pay a flat rate, either monthly or an annual fee, which saves us a little bit of money, mm-hmm. but I pay monthly. Um for the account. Mine is six dollars, Holly. I don't know what your monthly it was I like just paid something. for the year. For the year, yeah, yeah, that's what that's what it meant. But yeah, it was fifty seven dollars
1: um, so, for the year, I think.
0: See, and I'm paying monthly, so it's six dollars. So every single penny that goes that comes to us to support our different avenues, our different ventures here, comes to us. Right. That that is that is amazing. So you are fully, fully supporting us. So that is Holly's coffee account. Um the podcast's coffee account is co ko- is k a o hyphen dot com forward slash alone. That's, that's all, you know, no, no weird spelling or anything like that. It's just alone in a room with invisible people, so it is alone. And you can support, you know, the the podcast. Again, everything is going right now. I need an actual set of headphones because I'm using a three- or four-year-old pair of, of phone headphones. There's some Samsung Galaxy headphones, <laughs> so I would love a real set. Um, everything right now, I would love to be able to soundproof uh, an empty room that we are not currently using so I can move everything in there I need to upgrade different things uh, with with the programs that we're using so um, I'm also would love to learn more about marketing a podcast and getting it out in front of more people so that we can definitely get more writers that the kind of help and support that they need so thank you I also want to say Thank you so much to the people who have already supported us. I've got a, a a couple of people that have joined the monthly. I have a couple of people that have, um, paid on a one time, one time, just you know, whenever they feel like it, basis. Which, if you don't want to subscribe, if you don't want to use Kofi coffee, <laughs> you can go to alonewithinvisiblepeople.com. On the right hand side, there is a drop down menu, and there is three different tiers of you know, I think it's like five, ten, and fifteen dollars. You can just make a one-time PayPal. It goes straight to my PayPal, and that I, I somebody just did one of those too. I saw all of these come in this morning, so it was really really cool. Um, it is it is it is just a way to help say thank you for what we're doing, and I just want to say thank you right back because it is amazing that you guys are supporting us. Um, another way to support Holly would be to buy any of her fiction. Um, any of her courses, if you're interested. Again, you know, I know we mentioned this a lot of the times. We have stuff on the writer's block, writer's discipline, just all, all sorts of great classes, and um, definitely worth the time and investment in her courses. Mm-hmm. So, if you'd like to follow us on Facebook, we are at Alone in a Room with Invisible People on Facebook. Uh, we try to, to post one or two times weekly, and you can reach us there. Uh, the best way to reach us is at the email. It is show at alonewithinvisiblepeople.com. And I believe that we've covered everything. Pretty sure I'm good. I'll <laughs> put
1: you on think, I think I'm good too. Well, I Just let me say one more time, you can do this. And I, that is to every single person who is listening to this podcast. I don't care who you are. I don't care what your level of education is. You can do this. You can find a way. You can learn what you need to know. If you want to do this, by God, you can do this. And it does not have to cost you a freaking fortune or anything. You can do this.